0: I have no doubt that the Lord is shaking our country. I have no doubt that he is shaking our world. And why is he doing this? To be cruel? No, because he loves us. Because he wants to wake us up from our lethargy. He wants to wake us up from our path where we may be going away from him.
1: People are anxious and not sure where to turn with rising prices, harsh economic realities. Is there a way out? Hi. And welcome to this episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, executive director of the Joshua Fund. And today we present Joel's word of encouragement on navigating today's harsh economic realities and staying strong. Take a listen. That's the
0: new American San Diego version. Immediately you say a shower is coming And so it turns out And you, when you see a south wind blowing You say, hey, that's wind from Mexico You say, it's going to be hot today And it turns out that way Then he chastises us Jesus does To his disciples He says, you hypocrites You know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky Why do you not analyze this present time? That's what we're going to do We're going to analyze this present time during this conference And we're going to go through a number of these crises today. But I want to begin with the economy, because that's the one that's affecting all of us most urgently, most personally. The unemployment rate today in the United States has gone from 4.5% in the beginning of 2007 to 8.1% today. Twelve and a half million Americans are currently out of work. 2.6 million Americans have lost their jobs just in the last four months. Maybe you're among them. Nearly 1.2 million American families have lost their homes since 2007. California has been hit particularly hard. The Golden State has the second highest rate of house foreclosures in the nation just in February. In 2008 alone, just the year 2008, Americans lost some $6.9 trillion in household wealth due to the stock market collapse 6.9 trillion in the stock market. Forgive me. If you combine the home value losses, we're talking about a loss of 11.2 trillion, not billion, not million, 11.2 trillion dollars in American household wealth in the last 18 months. This is according to Federal Reserve Bank data. With the loss of jobs and the loss of homes and the loss of confidence comes a loss of hope for some. Americans, of course, are not alone. The head of the International Monetary Fund told a reporter last month the world is in dire economic crisis. The crisis will push millions into poverty and unemployment, risking social unrest and even war, and urgent action is required. A new report by a private Wall Street firm finds that between 40 and 45 percent of the world's wealth has been destroyed in less than a year and a half. Nearly half of the world's wealth has disappeared in the last year and a half. And this report noted this is absolutely unprecedented in our lifetime. British Prime Minister Gordon Brown told a conference in Europe that 100 million people around the world have been pushed into poverty as a result of the global economic crisis. He cited a World Bank statistic that said a half million children will die simply because they do not have enough to live on. What's more, the Prime Minister added, quote, it is absolutely clear that the global institutions that we have built since the 1940s are quite incapable of dealing with the problems that we now have. The world's leaders just met at the G20 summit in London this week, They had a lot of smiles on their faces, but I'm not sure that it's clear that they have solved the world's problems. Many are looking to Washington for a rescue plan, an economic salvation plan, but it's far from clear that Washington knows what to do. The current plan is to add $9.2 trillion to our children's debt over the next 10 years. CNBC's Jim Cramer, long a supporter of the president, has just in the last two months become one of his sharpest critics. Now, I've gone, you should know that I have lived for 19 years in Washington, and I've helped a lot of American and Israeli political leaders lose their elections. So I want to be candid that I'm a failed political consultant, okay? And, uh, and I've gone through political detox. I'm out, I'm clean, you know, so I'm not being a partisan today, and I want you to know that. Our
1: verse of the day today is found in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Our prayer requests today are, number one, pray that God gives the leaders in the United States wisdom to deal with the economic situation the people of the U.S. are in. And secondly, pray for the needy, the poor, and everyone going through difficult times in the U.S. that God provides for them.
0: But this guy is a partisan. A partisan for the president, now a partisan against the president. And his term is that he's a sharp critic of the administration's, quote, radical agenda. He calls the administration's spending plans, and Congress by extension, quote, the greatest wealth destruction I have seen by a president. What's more, he says, the president's plans have created, quote, a level of fear in this country that I have never seen in my life, unquote. He's quite right. A new poll finds that 53% of Americans now think the United States is likely to enter a 1930s-era Great Depression within the next few years. And not surprisingly, our newspapers and television uh, local news are, are filled with stories of emotional despair, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, families in crisis. A suicide hotline near Los Angeles reports a 60% spike in calls to the hotline since the economic crisis began. A suicide hotline in Chicago shows that, uh, reports a 70% increase in calls. A national suicide hotline shows a 70% increase in calls. I was reading a newspaper back in Virginia this week and I, I read a, a line, a family therapist in Richmond, Virginia said, people are fearful. Nobody knows what is next. And so there is a lot of anxiety. And the executive director of a crisis hotline near Lynchburg, Virginia was quoted in the article as saying, a lot of people have lost their jobs for the first time. It hits them pretty hard. They don't know where to turn. And perhaps this is why you have come to this conference today. Perhaps you're fearful. Perhaps you're anxious and not sure exactly where to turn to next. And if so, I want to begin this conference with some good news. The Bible says that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob loves you with an everlasting love. The Bible says that God wants to adopt you into his family. The Bible says that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. A plan for good and not for evil. The Bible says that God is a great and mighty God. In Hebrew, we call him El Gibor, the mighty God. He is all-knowing, all-sovereign. All powerful. He's completely in control. And he promises to give wisdom to those who seek him. In Daniel, whom Mike was referring to, in the book of Daniel, in the Bible, chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, we read this Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epics, it is he who removes kings and establishes kings. We don't need to fear what political leader is in foreign countries, in our countries, because God establishes them for his own purposes. He gives wisdom to wise men. He gives knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. These are the words of Daniel, and they're true. In James chapter 1, verse 5, we read, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God, who gives to all generously. It actually says liberally. So, my conservative friends, God gives liberally. (laughs) He gives us wisdom without reproach, and it will be given when we ask it. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus came to save us. He came to forgive us. He came to give us wisdom. He gave, gave us comfort. He came to take off the burdens that so weigh us down and give us joy and hope in a way that the world cannot give, especially in a moment like this. You and I do not know what tomorrow holds. But God does. None of the speakers on this platform today has the ability to take care of you whenever and wherever disaster strikes. But God does. God can. None of us in this room have the wisdom we'll need to navigate through every twist and turn in the road of life, especially with all that lies ahead. But God does. When we read economic news going from bad to worse almost month by month, it's almost as though we can hear the ice cracking beneath our feet and humanly speaking as we're going to look at some of the prophecies that the bible says will happen and accelerate in the last days you and i have very little control and we need to consider how closely we're walking with the god who is in control i have no doubt that the lord is shaking our country i have no doubt that he is shaking our world and why is he doing this to be cruel no Because he loves us. Because he wants to wake us up from our lethargy. He wants to wake us up from our path where we may be going away from him. He wants to wake us up from a life, even perhaps as a follower of Jesus Christ, in which we're a little lazy. A little lackadaisical. A little slow to obey him when he says, I've got a mission for you. I've got a plan for you. But you need to get in the game, brother. I don't want to stand before Jesus Christ one day. And that may be a lot sooner than most of us realize I don't want to stand before him one day and have him say Joel what part of the great commission did you not understand son what part of go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations what part of that did you not understand i mean was it in greek well actually it was but you know <laughs> you had all those translations What shall we say then? When we look at, when Jesus gave us a list of things to watch for that would be indicators of the last days, what did he say? Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, persecution, the spread of the gospel, apostasy, people betraying one another, turning away from Christ, turning into sin, into deep sin. He gave us a whole list of things to watch for and we look at what's happening and we have to ask ourselves, how are we doing? how are we doing? And if Jesus were to come back soon, I don't know when, because Jesus didn't say when he's coming back. But if it's sooner than most of us think, are we ready? Are we living a life of holiness, a life of purity? As you listen to all the things that we talk about today, this is the question. Are you seeking the Lord? Let me close this portion as we begin today with Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. For this reason, this is Jesus speaking, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. And you want to say, well, Lord, you don't understand. Oh, oh, really? No, he understands. Do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than for food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to your life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, in all of his glory, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Then Jesus says, do not worry, then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added into you. Are you seeking the God of the universe during these global crises that are shaking our world today? I know it's not easy, but that's the question we're asking today. God bless you.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode and learning about how to thrive and survive in the harsh economic realities right now. If you found this podcast valuable, please get in touch with us. Let us know who you are. Do you want to talk about something else on this show? Do you have a question you want Joel to answer? Send any comments you may have to podcast at joshuafund.net. Your feedback is incredibly valuable as we develop this podcast. As always, you can check out our show notes for anything you heard on the podcast that you'd like more information on. For Joel Rosenberg and the Joshua Fund ministry team, I'm Carl Muller. Thanks again for listening to Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg.